Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the B1 Hockey Podcast. Uh, today, as we talked about last episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the free agency that's going to happen in this weird season that's upcoming. Uh, and then we'll possibly talk about some of the uh, signings that happened today. Robin Leonard, Chris and Jerry. Let's get into it. All right. So, Mary, you have... Hi, boys. Uh, so, we're going to start We're going to start off with a couple of the big free agents. Um, so, just kind of give your opinions on... Uh, where you guys think they're going to go and what, what kind of contracts they're going to want. Uh, so we'll start it off with the, the top guy at Petrangelo. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Big fish, big fish. Lots of rumors surrounding this guy, especially with the Toronto media has seen in the background. Um, let's see. In regards to Petrangelo, um, I think a really good option for him would be Colorado. Now, Colorado, honestly, they were cup contenders this past season. Firstly, I think they could have easily won if they weren't so injury-riddled. But looking at it, um, they have $22 in cap space. Tons of room to sign people. They easily give Petrangelo the time that he wants there and also the money that he wants. And also, listen to this uh, three pairings that they would have should they sign Petrangelo. Gerard and Petrangelo, top line. Graves, Makar, second line. Zadorov and Timmins. Third line. Unreal. Filthy. That'd be a crazy fucking deep pairing right there, boys. Absolutely. Uh, but I think I think if he were to go there, it was rumored that it'd be kind of a short-term deal. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they wouldn't be able to have him for very long just because of some of the contracts they already have, right, that they're going to have to sign. Like, uh, Makar is coming up. You know, eventually they're going to ha- have to re-sign McKinnon to a real a real contract, right? So. Landis got I think, oh. next year. In regards to uh, McKinnon, though, it has been said that he is willing to take another uh, discount. But then again, discount for him could very easily be $9 million. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Roy, any input on there? I originally thought he was going to go to Vegas just because they have no right D-depth. And, like, if you're an NHL player, Vegas is probably at the top of your destination list regardless of who you are. They're a new up-and-coming fun team and everyone pays attention to them. But after signing Leonard, they literally have like no cap space. And I just don't see them trading away pieces as they want to win now. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen anymore. I think there's still a really big chance he just stays in St. Louis and they get rid of like Jaden Schwartz or Tyler Bozak or something like that. Just because like he's their captain. They want to cut... He's used to it there, and at least he knows what he's getting out of there, whereas he can go somewhere else, and who knows how good he'll be. So I'm going to say St. Louis is still my uh, most likely destination for him. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, we had an unreal season this year with the 16 goals for as a D-man, 52 points in the shortened season. Exactly. Um, crazy. But I, I, it was reported, though, that he was – kind of officially leaving the blues it might have just been kind of a bargaining chip right exactly yeah so we got uh blues and avalanche for the predictions um another possible team from what i've read recently with reports edmonton could be a hot destination for him if he goes there yeah but again kind of a salary cap strap team exactly um well what it's looking like so far is they have projected 10.5 million in cap space this upcoming season so you could sign him to a deal, yep. nine million, eight point five, somewhere around there. Wouldn't be bad. You still have a bit of space to get some people. Well, one person probably. Um, 
But looking at Edmonton, their defense, it's not great, but it's also not the worst in the league. I mean, you get, they have Nurse, they got Clefbaum. Bear was a great emergence this season. Yeah. Looking good there. So, for you to have Petrangelo and Clefbaum, your top two. Not a bad top line. Not bad at all. No, that'd be that'd be their their kind of championship uh, decor that they've they've been looking exactly. for, right? Yeah. Then Nurse and Bear on the second pairing. Disgusting second pair. Yep. Mm. All right, boys. So we're gonna move on to uh, Taylor Hall, the other <laughs> big fish. Um, um, you know, it's kind of tough. He's been he he won the the MVP a couple years back, uh, mm-hmm. but he's been pretty much injured ever since. Uh, so where do you guys think he's a good fit and for how much? Um, see, Taylor Hall is a, um, a hard pin to decide where he's going to go. Cause he's just been sort of forgiven how big he is. He's sort of just been hopped around the league. Like every couple of years he gets traded for like how good he is. But, uh, the team that I feel would be the best fit for Taylor Hall would probably have to be Montreal. Now they don't yeah. really have any superstars up on the boards. I mean, they got some good young pieces coming up. Suzuki's been elite. He's been yeah, crazy. That so kid's going to be nasty. Absolutely. I mean, they got like Weber on the back, so they got a superstar or superstar. I'm not sure if he still has that title, but he's still a top-tier defenseman. Why not get like one of the best? Well, not one of the best, but he's up there for like a great four. So yeah. that's where I'm thinking he goes. Given how he performed this past season, though, with New Jersey, couldn't really get anything going. And then just had a crapshoot going to Phoenix. I'm sorry, Arizona. My bad. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I mean, that team's irrelevant. They're not going to be around much longer. <laughs> COVID happens. Let's be honest here. Relocation is going to happen soon. But Taylor Hall, I could see him fetching around 7.5 to $8 million. I love it. I mean, given – I, I think he's going to go to Colorado on a short-team deal like Jake yeah. was talking about Petrangelo. They have a ton of cap space, and if he signs a one, two-year deal, he can, like, Taylor Hall's been on bad teams his whole career, and he's 28. He wants to win. He'll sign there. He'll play with Nathan McKinnon. They'll both put up 100 points. And then yeah. he'll leave, and he'll go get a long-term contract somewhere else or whatever, one year, two How years. How much do you think he would want for, for that short-term deal? Well... The Avalanche have twenty-two million. Twenty-two. Yeah, yeah, I think he he could sign like a one-year, ten million, eleven-dollar deal, and like no one yeah. really can offer more than that. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just an opportunity he can't turn down. He'll be playing with a superstar. Um, he'll they'll have a good chance to win a cup, and uh, yeah. Imagine that line though: Ranton, McKinnon, and Hull. They, they were going after Panarin last summer. That would have been just as crazy, if not yeah. more. But yeah. Colorado's in a great position right now to try to improve their team. Exactly. And to add on to Colorado, looking at the stats this year, McKinnon, I feel like he'd want like another scoring person on that team. Because at the stats, McKinnon had 93 points in this shortened season. Crazy. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Um, guess what the next highest point total for a player on that team was? What was it? 50 points by Kale McCarr. Oof. 43. Yeah, because Ranton difference. was out, right? Yeah. yeah. 43 point difference between the next player. I mean, yeah, that would definitely 
be unstoppable almost, right? That'd be a mm-hmm. Tampa Bay type team. Exactly. Yeah, that'd be a definite. Uh, have definite to figure out their What about a longer term contract for Hall? Where would, where do you think you would land? Long term. Mm-hmm. Um, well, there's obviously the potential of him going back to Edmonton. Um, like we mm-hmm. said, they're tight in cap space. I don't know how that would happen, but I don't know if he liked it there or not. But who knows? Obviously, it's changed now because they have McDavid and Drysdale. Yeah. Um, other than that, I don't know. Like, is Calgary trying to change things up? There's been rumors there. Yeah, uh, get Goudreau out, bring in Hall. That'd be yeah. a good that'd be a change up that uh, that really helps them. So, I'd say Alberta is my my two dark horse long term. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Huh? It's just like tougher it. for those guys to sometimes bring in free agents, though. You know. Yeah, exactly. But um, I think it helped Taylor Hall that he was drafted there before, so he he's been there and he knows what it's like. And, they, and it's they, only gotten better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Does that make them winners of the the Hall uh, <laughs> Larson trade if he goes back? Well, I mean, I think they would break <laughs> even. I'd say they'd break even with that. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll move on to Krug. Tori Krug. <laughs> Apparently, the so Boston offered him a six year, six point five million dollar contract mm-hmm. um, that he apparently turned down. Uh, shortened season, but he still put up nine goals, 40 assists for almost 50 points. Great defenseman. Great defenseman. Yeah. Um, in regards to Krug, there have been reports saying that um, he does want to stay in Boston. He would like to. But he's also said that his entire career he has taken shorter deals, taken less money than he deserves. I would agree with that. It's time for him to cash out. So I've seen – kind of hard to pin where he could go. I mean – I'm not too sure, but I could also see him fetching like 7.5 million. Yeah, I think that's almost a starting point for exactly for a guy like at that. least. Mm-hmm. I, but, I think he's going to sign a decent contract in Detroit. There's been a bunch of reports about him going there, and mm-hmm. a team like Detroit, obviously, they're not trying to contend anytime soon. But you have to start adding talent at some point to build around, and whether or not they want to start doing that now. Mm-hmm. This is a great opportunity for them. They have the cap space. They could sign him to a deal, and even if he ends up in two years not being worth it, who cares? So they won't yeah. be anyway. Also, so I think it's a win-win no. sort of move for both parties. So I don't see your Detroit piece. Um, saw a report today from Elliot Friedman uh, in regards to uh, Sergachev from Tampa. What they possibly could do, send him over to uh, Detroit uh, as a sweetener just clear some cap space and then trade back room at a later point during this upcoming season. So say they send like some piece that's got like a heavier contract because they got to clear some cap space this season to send their young guys, right? Yeah. Send him there. Then just trade back from later in the season. I saw that from Elliot Freeman today. That'd be kind of wild. I, I saw that today too, but I just think yeah. there's absolutely no way in the world that happens, especially now mm-hmm. that it got leaked. The yeah, league exactly know about it, and yeah. the repercussions will just be terrible for both teams. And like a good team and a team that's trying to get like high draft picks, neither of them want to be punished. So why even risk it? Yeah, fair. Yeah, um, I don't see that happening. It's just an interesting piece that could. Yeah. Well, got another guy here from the uh, the Atlantic Division, Tyson Berry. Uh, he had a really disappointing season with uh, with the Leafs. Right, he's, mm-hmm. he's you know gonna 
he was brought in to be that number one kind of power play quarterback um, yeah. player for Could them. not perform on the power and, you know, play. He didn't, um, he didn't have an awful season offensively, you know, 40 points. Uh, but yeah. it was 20, 20 points less than the year before. Yeah. And well, almost the same amount of games. Um, so do you think someone takes a chance on Tyson Berry to give him that um, big contract that he wanted? I mean, absolutely. I do think our team takes a chance on him because look at the Leafs at the beginning of the season. Absolute shit show with Babcock. All the stuff that got leaked. Yeah. But also, it was said uh, that uh, Dubis went out got him. When I first heard this, I was hyped up. I was like, okay, this guy's great. Yeah, sure. Another essential piece of the decor. Not great defensive, but you know what? Like, good defense is good defense. I'll take it. However, Babcock not happy about that. Did not play him the way he was supposed to be played. Yeah. Possibly ruined his upcoming uh, contract. So, but also it's important to keep in mind, uh, Leafs had terrible luck with injuries this season, especially later on with their defense. So, I mean, he had to step up in some way there, right? So, do you think he gets anywhere near that that 8 times 8 he was looking for? Um, I don't think he gets the 8 times 8. I could see him possibly getting around at 6 million, but I don't see him getting the 8. No. Yeah. Roy? I uh, I don't have a huge opinion on this one, but I'm just going to go out on a limb here. And I think Calgary would be my pick for him. They, yeah. I don't know if they're trying to improve their defense or not, but Travis Hamannick's a, a free agent. And I think Barry like, might just – I think T, uh, Brody might also be a free agent. So why not bring in uh, Barry, who's like – he's a, the, maybe the right-handed version of Brody. And, uh, yeah. He can shore up your side. You got Giordano and Hannafin, Valamaki, and et cetera, on your left side. Um, they traded for Gustafsson from Chicago as well. I don't know if they re-sign him or if he's signed or not. But either way, they have a lot of uh, lefty men. And with Hamannick potentially walking, why not try to bring in Barry here, who's a lot cheaper than Petrangelo and could potentially bring just as much of a return back. Yeah. It's more of a risk, right? So what kind of a contract do you guys think he uh um well he's what like twenty eight, I believe. He's around that age. Um um so he's on the right side of thirty, so you could get him for that six, seven, eight years, should you want it. But um I personally would see if he wants uh, the more money he's going to want to have to go long-term, but I don't see teams want to sign him to a long-term. Yeah. So I could see him going more for uh, probably 6 to $6.5 for about five years. That's what my guess would be. Yeah, that's fair. Like I was saying with Calgary, they got um, 16, almost $17 million cap space this year. So, uh, like, I don't think a, like a 6 by 4 six and a half by five type, type of deal wouldn't be that bad for him. And mm-hmm. I think he could uh, really improve their team. Six years, four million or four, four years, six million? Six years, four million. You think he goes that low? Well, I think he might have to with the flat cap and the way he played. Oh, true. Absolutely. Especially with the fact that he's, he's not the best right D-man on the market. And yeah, there's not especially in, in this year, right? Where, there's the market's already lower than it's been in the last, you know, probably five years. Exactly. Plus, you're not. I mean, you got guys like, you know, I mean, right away, Petrangelo, right? Any team's gonna yeah. probably want Petrangelo if they're targeting right D men over 
uh, Barry because they bring the same kind of offensive production. Exactly. Like, Except the but Petrangelo is just solid on defense too, right? Absolutely. And then um, Barry's just absolutely dog shit defensively. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's a liability, right? Defense, he's absolutely terrible back there. Yeah. So, all right, boys, we're going to move on to uh, a couple uh, fast fire uh, free agents. Just give me, you know, where do you think they'll go and uh, how much money do you think they'll come in? All right, let's yeah. do it. Um, start off with Braden Holtby. Okay. Uh, this is interesting. He really- had a really up and down season. He did not perform to what I thought he would. Um, yeah, 890 save percentage this year. It hurts. really hurts. Um, I could see him getting around, from what reports have said, around three to four million, which is eh, for Pulpy by the same time. He's getting up there in age. I think it'll be a high-risk, high-reward type contract, right? Yeah. Exactly. I could see him – let's see. What team needs a goalie? I would say the Sharks. I guess I'm going to the Sharks. Season, it seems. The Sharks, if they don't pick up Dubnik like they were like they were saying there, Holpe might be a good pick. Yeah, I know. Uh, I think the Sharks have around 11 million in space, and LeBanc's the only one they got to resign. And who knows how that deal goes? That's a story for another day. But uh, they're obviously trying to improve their goalie. Doug Wilson says he doesn't want to trade a draft pick this year to acquire that goalie. So I don't know what kind of talent level they're looking for. They've been linked to Gorgiev earlier on, Hugh Dobin. They're probably out of their price range now. Um, I don't know. Holtby's tough to read because I don't know how much money he's going to make. And I don't know if the Sharks want to offer that much money on a term deal to a goalie. So I don't know where I think Holtby go. There's a lot of teams looking for goalies. Carolina, Calgary, um, I don't even know if Ben Bishop is in Dallas next year. So maybe Dallas looks for a 1A, 1B option with uh, with Hudobin if they opt to re-sign him. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to go here. I don't really know where Hopi's going to end up, to be completely honest. Uh, as the resident Sharks guy, would you want to see him on the Sharks? I think I'd – obviously, I'd love to see him because anything <laughs> better than Martin Jones. But like, <laughs> the, the, the cat, I don't know. The, the Sharks have a lot of big hit um, cap hits already, and their problem was death. So I don't think it's smart to bring in another high cap hit. I think what they should do is bring in a lot of, like, just focus on your bottom six and yeah. one defenseman or whatever and a, a backup goalie. Um, with that being said, though, Holtby is one of the better goalie options out there right now. So I wouldn't be opposed to him coming. It would just depend on the number. Yeah. Uh, then we got Dadanov, super underrated guy from Florida. Uh, plays on the wing. You know, maybe his stats were a little bit inflated from playing with guys like Huberto and Barkov. Uh, but he could, you know, he could uh, ask for less than some of, like a guy like Hoffman that's also on the UFA market uh, and bring similar type production. Um, so what do you guys think about that? Um, in terms of Dadnov, um, I mean, he's playing in Florida. You don't really pay a whole bunch of attention to Florida. So for the most part, my opinion here is going to be completely like irrelevant, but teams that need like point production or like need to start somewhere with point production, um, Minnesota wild, they just have nothing there. 
So I yeah. wouldn't hurt Brandon's in there that could possibly produce some points. Yeah, he had a bit of a down year last year with mm-hmm. uh, 47 points in 69 games. Uh, but generally, he's a guy that gives you, you know, between 25 and 30 goals and exactly never 60 to 70 points, right? So, Absolutely. I, I got a homer opinion here. I think he's coming to San Jose. Ooh. Their biggest <laughs> was the right wing. Um, Timo Meyer played left wing most of the year, even though he's drafted on the right wing. And I think LeBanks like our depth on the right wing as of like potential top six. He had a tough, he had a tough year too, right? Exactly. Absolutely. But the Sharks have the cap space to bring in Dadanov, and I think Dadanov here can see that he'd be able to come into a veteran team that fits his age group, and it's obviously a locker room that I think anyone in the league would be comfortable coming into. And again, living in San Jose is one of the better markets uh, out there or places to live. So I think there's a fit to be made. And also, like you said the other day, um, San Jose, personally, I think it was a shock to all of us that they were this bad this season. But also, Roy, the injury, right? Exactly. So, I mean, they got dad now there. That's one piece right there. They have the cap space to go out, spend a bit more money, get that depth like you were talking about. We could very easily see a big rebound season from them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then another another guy in Florida, Mike Hoffman. Ooh. I've seen a lot of reports about him going to Montreal, and I, I think the fit is there. Like I think that's Jake a perfect fit. About, Jake that's was talking cool. about Taylor Hall going there, and I think mm-hmm. like I, I think it would just be smarter for Montreal to go for the cheaper guy who could bring in just as much for your team. Like it's, it's, it's a very good fit, and Hoffman's a great player. So, I mean, he's he's 30 years old, right? So that's that's always a concern for teams. You know, you, you always get a little bit less from guys who are 30 and up. Um, but I like I, like you were saying, I think that's the perfect fit uh, for for a team like Montreal. You know, they need they need a kind of a better uh, presence, upper scale upper scale kind of forward, right? They can mm-hmm. create his own offense and doesn't have to you know. Most of Montreal's goals were just garbage goals all year, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hoffman's uh, a power play specialist. That's what he does, right? He's, he's one of the best players in the league on the power play, and Montreal has one of the worst power plays in the league. Uh, <laughs> so if they were to be able to bring him in on a contract, kind of probably have to be around $7 million. Uh, I'm not sure what the term would be, but, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, if Mark Bergevin could put all, pull off something like that, I think that'd be a great addition. For oh, that. absolutely. He seems like the perfect fit for there. I mean, they have that young up-and-coming talent, right? So, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to add a bit of a veteran piece there that can also produce offensively. So, I think it was a perfect fit. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right, boys. Uh, if you guys have nothing else to say, we'll move on to the RFAs. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to kind of name a couple of them. Uh, and you guys... Uh, you guys let me know if there's any of them that you think get an offer sheet. All right, let's hear it. So we got, you know, the, the top guy, Barzell, uh, Anthony Sorelli, Tony D'Angelo, Dubois, Matt Murray, uh, Tristan Jerry just got signed, so it's it's possible. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say Domi, but he also got a qualifying offer today. Uh, and then we got guys like, you know, DeBrusque, Mantha, and Bertani. Um. Do you guys think this is finally the year that we see a successful offer sheet? I think I there's think... potential with Barzal. Exactly. The Islanders don't have as much cap space as they probably should. 
I think it's like under nine million, and they got they have defensemen they have to resign as well, like Polak. I'm I'm pretty sure. Polak is also an RFA. Also, yeah. could be level sheet. How are you gonna split nine million to those guys? Where Matt Barzell could probably make that by himself. Um, oh, you can't. They have a lot of bad contracts, like Andrew Ladd and so so and so. I think um, Cal Clutterbuck's on that team, and like. I don't know how they're going to get rid of that to fit them both. So I think a team could do it to the Islanders and they just wouldn't be able to match. Yeah. And also, especially if there is going to be any offer sheets, this would be the season to have it. I mean, given the whole COVID-19 situation that we're in, teams, not only are they, is the flat cap going to be in for like another three years, there's certain teams that can't even have that cap, that they have to have an internal cap. So, I yeah. mean, the certain teams that have smaller markets or, like, smaller fan bases getting offer-sheeted for their top players. So, it's very possible that Barzala could get offer-sheeted. I absolutely agree with that one. It would be a big loss for the Islanders, though. Oh, like, if, you, if he's putting up the stats that he is on, in Barry Trotch's system like that, you probably put up 90 points anywhere else, you know what I mean? Oh, Especially as a center, too. Fine winger. Yeah. Like, he, he's um, playing with not bad guys like Everly and Nelson or whoever, Lee. But if he's playing with, like, a legit top-line 70-point guy, I think they could explode. Oh, yeah. It doesn't help that the Islanders have an incredibly tough time producing any offense. They are a very low-scoring well, team. It's their system, right? That's why he's exactly. not putting up any points. Or not, well, not any points, but you guys know what I mean, right? Yeah, no, he's not producing what he could. Uh, and he's he's, he's underrated defensively, too, just – Oh, from, incredible! From learning in that system and stuff. I mm-hmm. think uh, Barry Trotz, great coach. Another guy is uh, Anthony Sorelli from the Lightning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the um, what's the what's the uh, GM's name there in in Tampa? Julian Brisbois. Yeah, he he's got a he's got a clear ten million dollars in cap space before the start of the next season. Uh, so if a team offer sheets him, I don't know how he matches that. You know, I you think guys, he can. I think yeah. if a team offer sheets early enough, they can screw Tampa over. But Tampa, Tampa's a team that doesn't have like a bad contract. They have some big ones, but they're more than tradable. Like you can trade a guy like Kalor and still get a lot back. But I think if they get put on the spot and a team offer sheets them, and then Tampa tries calling a team like, "Hey, can you take Kalorn or Palat or whatever from me?" and that team's what if that team's just like, "No," like. I want you to lose your RFA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, I, I know what, why you're trying to contact me here. So it, it's an interesting situation because there's Sorelli and Sergeyev. Yeah, they're gonna have to. They're gonna end up probably losing some some big pieces this off season. Oh, absolutely. Just from just from the RFAs that they have, mm-hmm. and there's a couple guys too, like uh, Tyler Johnson. I'm pretty sure has a no move clause. Yeah. That's what so I mean. He's got to waive it for him for them to be able to trade him. But why mm-hmm. would you waive uh, your or waive yeah. your no move clause in a team like Tampa and in a, like yeah. an area like Tampa, right? That's why I think exactly. Kalorn's like like done in Tampa because he's he's the tradable one on the team. Yeah, Kalorn maybe Gord. The the thing with Gord is I and I know Elliot Friedman is another one was a huge fan of the Blake Coleman, Yanny Gord, and Barclay Goodrow line. And Blake Coleman and Barclay Goodrow make under $2 million combined. So you're not trading them. So why not keep Gord so that you have that established line 
Yeah. And that's the line that started every single playoff game for them against the opponent's top line. So I think that's a, that's like something you keep and you build around. And then you have your top line of Kucherov and Point and whoever. I think it was might have been Palat on that line. But I think a guy like Palat or Kalorn will be gone. They'll try to move Johnson, but like you said, it'll be hard. Mm-hmm. So where do you think that $10 million gets cleared? You know what I mean? He's got some tough yeah. decisions. Yeah. It, it's going to be a hard year for him. It's probably going to be his first hard year as GM of the... Well, yeah, because he's basically set up by Eisen and right? Yeah, exactly. He wins the cup. is like, fucking hell, you did nothing, basically. I mean, he brought in guys like Shattenkirk and, you know, who actually did pretty well. But I don't think Shattenkirk signs back for another 800K either, right? Oh, no. Sh- Shattenkirk will make a, a lot of money going elsewhere. Mm. Same thing with Maroon. He's, he's probably gone. Back-to-back champ. I hope, he gets, I hope he gets a contract somewhere. You know, he deserves it. I don't know oh, how, why honestly. he keeps getting these, like, you know, league minimum contracts. But, uh, yeah, so uh, now uh, for another RFA, Svechnikov. He, he was offered eight years, seven, seven and a half million. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, he, kind of, he was reported to be wanting a uh, shorter-term kind of prove-it deal. All right. Um, so what do you guys think happens with that? Uh, Svech, I mean, him and Aho together, they are just incredible. I don't think he can risk giving that up. So I think it's at the point where they got to sort of play to his liking there, but they also can't be pushovers in terms of, uh, like salary wise. I could see them giving the shorter term, but not on the, like the cash that he wants. That's what I could see happening. Yeah, I think he'll stay in Carolina 100%. They're like one of the best situations in the league with their different assets and age groups and whatnot. And he's a big part of that. And I think he likes it there playing with Aho and all those guys. And they can afford him. So, like, why not stay? Um, so, I don't think he would sign an offer sheet anywhere else. Or if he did, it would be like the Aho situation all over. Montreal is going to offer sheet him again. Yeah, and <laughs> even if that happens, then whoever the GM of Carolina is, like Don Waddle or something like that, I think he'll just go like shake uh, Bergevin's hand, like, "Oh, thanks again, buddy." Yeah, <laughs> can't believe that fucking happened last year. No, <laughs> I, I don't think there's any way he signs for seven and a half mil. No, I no, mean, no. He, he's actually pretty comparable to Aho. Mm-hmm. Just in his Absolutely. kind of production, he's not a center, so he's gonna get a little bit less. But Alho signed for you know under nine million, mm-hmm. um, so I can see Svech getting you know kind of close to that eight and a half. Exactly eight, eight, seven, five. Very possible. Svechnikov right. has another year of entry level though, does he not? Yeah, he does. So he can't be offer sheet this off season. Yeah, okay. But they're looking at extending him right away uh, because you know he. If you look at his jump from his first year to his second oh, yeah. year. If he makes that kind of jump again and is like a ninety-point guy, he's he's not gonna want seven and a half million after that. Oh, not at all. All right, uh, we're starting to run down time here. We got about three minutes left, so shall we start wrapping this up? Yeah, go ahead, boys. All right. Well, uh, Roy, you got anything else you want to add here quickly? Or I just wanted to ask, what do you guys think is gonna happen in Dallas? Do you think Ben Bishop's on the team next year? Do you think they'll use Kudobin as their starter or let him walk? What do you guys think? Um, I think they keep Kudobin. 
I could see Bishop walking. Definitely having that uh, 1A, 1B goaltender tandem. They could easily bring Holpe in. Wouldn't be a – like, that would be great. I don't know. I see Hudobin more as, like, a, you know, Antony Emi, Yaroslav Halak kind of guy, right? Who had mm-hmm. – he's a solid goalie. He's a 1B for sure anywhere in the league. But I don't know. I don't know if he's that number one guy like Bishop is, right? Okay. I mean, Bishop is one year removed from being the – I can't remember if he won the Vesna or if he was for sure nominated. He was, he was a candidate. So I don't know how you give up a, a guy like Bishop. For a guy that, I mean, Hudobin's good, don't get me wrong. But where's Antoniemi right now? Exactly. 